This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Martin Gabor. It's Monday the 9th of August. In your Sport Today, millions tune in as the Olympics come to a close. A teary Messi farewells Barcelona. Upsets galore in the AFL. And Sterlo looks set to put down the mic. This is your Sport Today. Gabs, it's a weird feeling today for the first time in more than two weeks. There's no Olympics on. What are we going to do? Dust off the puzzles from last year, Sam. That's right. We're still in lockdown here in <laughs> Sydney, Gabs. Uh, the Tokyo Olympics wrapped up yesterday with the closing ceremony at a pretty much empty Olympic stadium. 70 Aussies marched in what was a low-key closing ceremony by Olympic standards, but there was another dazzling light show like the drones at the opening ceremony. Australia's Olympic officials decided against putting out a medal target before the Games. But I'm sure if they did, they would have been exceeded, uh, the Aussies equaling their best games ever. Yeah, and even if they did, I'm not sure they could have asked for more, Sam. Australia won 17 gold medals, the same as they did in Athens in 2004, which is their most ever at an Olympics. Australia dominated in the pool, winning nine golds there, while also claiming five other gold medals on top of the water in rowing, sailing, and in Jess Fox's canoe. It's a huge effort given all the challenges the athletes faced, from quarantining to daily testing, performing in front of no fans, and the threat of the coronavirus. And I know they say this every four years, or I guess five years in this case, but this really was a Games like no other. Yeah, it was a different Games for sure. It's actually amazing the Games went ahead, given the Japanese public's pushback, the troubles with the administration and the costs blowing out. Gabs, uh, it's going to cost around $15 billion. And then, of course, there's COVID-19. There are about 400 cases directly involved with the Games, but there in Tokyo, positive cases numbers tipped over 5,000 a day. Whether that's down to the Olympics or the Delta variant, we're not completely sure. One thing we do know is Australians loved watching the Games. They did, Sam, and yet the official TV numbers have been released, and over the first 11 days of the Games, nearly 20 million Aussies watched the Olympics on the Seven Network. That's probably down to Australia's uh, golden performances in the swimming pool. And you think that's a big number? How's 4.6 billion? That's billion with a B. That's how many minutes were streamed on Seven's digital streaming service, Seven Plus. It's fair to say digital streaming is going to be bigger and better for Paris in three years' time. Golden performances, lockdown, it all equal to huge TV numbers. Um, and there's still the Paralympics to come starting on August 24. And then there's the Winter Olympics next year in Beijing. The games were full of highlights and on the Tokyo Sprint, we name our best Aussie moments and break down the medal hall. Check it out for the last time in your Sport Today feed. Uh, Gabs, what was your moment of the games? I can't go past Ariane Titmus. She set the tone for what we did in the pool and just kicked on from there. That was a pretty epic week. And we have to thank her for a lot of that. Yep, she's great. She might even make the top three gabs. Uh, today's trivia question, what was the most watched television event by Australians at the Olympics? I'll give you a hint. It was over pretty quickly. The answer at the end of today's show. Gabs, we touched on this on Friday and it's been confirmed over the weekend and it actually looks like I'm going to have to change my stock standard team 
In FIFA now, uh, Lionel Messi, he's confirmed that he won't be at Barcelona next season. No, he won't, Fez, and you're still not going to beat me. Uh, (laughs) This is just about the biggest story you're going to hear in football this year, with Messi set to leave the new camp after 21 years at the club. The world's best player had agreed to a five-year extension, but a 400 million euro drop in La Liga's spending cap made it impossible for the Spanish giants to keep Messi, even though he offered to take a 50% pay cut. It brings an end to one of the great partnerships in world sport. Messi scored a record 682 goals and won 35 trophies at Barcelona. Fair to say this is a messy situation. Gabs. Uh, It hasn't taken long for the super rich to get involved with France's Paris Saint-Germain reportedly set to sign Messi on a two-year deal. They've already got guys like Kylian Mbappe and Neymar, but PSG is still chasing that elusive Champions League title. Messi is reportedly set to sign his new deal in front of the Eiffel Tower in the coming days. Switching to Rugby League, and it looks like Channel 9 is set for a massive shake-up to its commentary team next year, with Eels great Peter Sterling reportedly going to put down the microphone at the end of the season. If this is the end, then he needs to bring back his classic If We Freeze It There analysis, where he broke down the play like no one else. Sterlow has been an institution since he traded the footy for the microphone in the early 1990s. He and Paul Vorton became household names in New South Wales and Queensland on the original NRL footy show, and he's regarded as one of the best analysts in the business. Now, the decision to step away after nearly 30 years will see a shift in Channel 9's commentary team with a focus on younger talent. It's unclear what play-by-play caller Ray Warren will do, but he has to be there to call his 100th state of origin next year. Every rugby league fan knows about Sterling and Rabs, and fingers crossed we'll see Rabs in origin next year. But we can say with some confidence that he'll be there for this year's NRL Grand Final on Channel 9. Where it will be played is still up in the air. Yeah, he'll be there, but it's looking unlikely that Stadium Australia will play host due to the ongoing lockdown in Sydney, while things are looking more promising for Suncorp Stadium after Brisbane's restrictions were eased yesterday. But a new contender has emerged, Sam, with Auckland an outside chance after the Bledisloe test at Eden Park drew a crowd of 47,000 fans. New Zealand hasn't hosted an NRL match in nearly two seasons due to the lockdown, so this would be a huge get for the sport over there. The sticking point will be the quarantine period, with NRL officials desperate to avoid a 14-day lockdown bubble. Yeah, the Wallabies had to quarantine, but the NRL don't want that to happen for any of their clubs. Our AFL fans would have had the calculators out this weekend because the race for the AFL top eight is getting really tight. It comes after a wild weekend of upsets that saw the top two teams both lose. You bagged me, but there's a reason I quit tipping earlier this year. (laughs) Bravo to anyone who is on a perfect round this week after the GWS Giants stunned the Cats while the Bombers kept their finals hopes alive with a win over the ladder-leading Bulldogs. It means the Giants are in eighth spot on 38 points with four teams locked on 36, headed by the Bombers in ninth. Percentages will play a huge part with two rounds remaining, but that draw the Giants had against the bottom place Kangaroos is starting to look pretty handy now. 
Mm. Speaking of teams who have drawn this year, the Demons can go to top tonight with a win over the West Coast Eagles in Perth. It's equally important for the Eagles who can go two wins clear of the chasing pack with a win at home. In other news from the weekend, Bulldogs key forward Josh Bruce suffered a suspected ACL tear yesterday, while Adelaide Crows veteran Taylor Walker received a six-game suspension for a racial slur during a match in the SA NFL last month. The Matildas were one of the great stories of the Olympics, making it all the way to the bronze medal match before losing in a thriller to the US. The global exposure has benefited one of the Aussies, with Kaya Simon heading to the English Women's Super League. And what a game that was, Fez. Yeah, she's off to play with Tottenham Hotspur until the end of the 2023 season. Simon had been playing with Dutch side PSV Eindhoven and replaces fellow Aussie Alana Kennedy at Spurs. Simon is the first Indigenous player to feature in 100 games for the Matildas, and she was one of their best at the Olympics. Simon joins other Aussies like Sam Kerr and Caitlin Ford in the Women's Super League, which is the women's equivalent of the English Premier League. The 12-team tournament starts on September 3 and runs through until May next year. Time for Catch This Gabs, the stuff that caught our eye or what's coming up, and what have you got? I've got one last chance here, so I'm going to go with the Olympics again. (laughs) Bruce Springsteen, we all know him. He's had records go platinum and gold, but it's time for the boss to embrace silver after his daughter Jess and the US equestrian jumping team won the silver medal in Tokyo. I'm sure there would have been plenty of celebrating back home, perhaps with some dancing in the dark. Dancing like it was the summer of 1969, (laughs) Gabs. Uh, All right, we're going to drag ourselves here in a sec, Gabs, but before we do the answer to today's trivia question, What was the most watched event by Australians at the Olympics? It was Rowan Browning's 100-metre semi-final. That drew an audience of 3.1 million viewers. All right, that's it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you again tomorrow. 